This is a Queensland Department of Education podcast. World Teachers Day is a special day on the school calendar, and we would like to take this opportunity to thank all Queensland teachers. 2020 has been an extraordinary year. During these unprecedented times, our Queensland teachers, school leaders and wider school support staff have all continued to show their professionalism and resilience, striving every day to do their best for Queensland students. Commemorating World Teachers Day gives us the opportunity to acknowledge and celebrate the wonderful work of all teachers across our state. I'm Virginia Bowditch from the Department of Education and I'll be talking to some of Queensland's extraordinary teachers about what drives them and what they value most about their role as a Queensland teacher. Today, Vanessa Stevens, Lead Head of Campus at Tagai State College, joins me to talk about her love of teaching. Hi, Vanessa. Thanks for joining me today. Good morning, Virginia. Thank you very much for inviting me to this podcast. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? I live on the Sunshine Coast, but I work up in the Torres Strait. And I've been up here for about eight years now. I identify um, from my father's country is Mumbabram, and that's on the Tablelands. And my mother's people, she comes from Yidinji, so she's one of the um, Indigenous Cairns people. So I'm a far north Queensland girl, but I live on the Sunshine Coast and work in the Torres Strait. So how exactly does that work? <laughs> Sounds complicated. <laughs> it works for us. Yeah, my husband's a teacher as well. We've moved around a bit within our teaching years and uh, we've found ourselves on Indigenous Aboriginal communities in um, the Cape and then we decided to come to the Torres Strait. We like to go wherever we can lend our capacity and capabilities to helping students grow. So we're privileged to have taught right across Queensland and Torres Strait is where we're at at the moment. What inspired you to choose teaching as a profession and what was it that first attracted you to the profession? I don't really think I was inspired by anyone. But I knew from a very early age that I wanted to be a teacher. I proclaimed that to my dad, who was a single dad at that time. My mother had passed away early. So he made blackboards and gave me charcoal and I'd draw all over the place. So I knew I wanted to be a teacher. The attraction was that it looked like a very important job to me. And I felt my destiny was going to be different to the other female members of my family. And most of them had gone into domestics, itinerant workers and mums and wives. And I just thought, I want something different. Then the teachers along the way during my education, my self-education, they left an impression on me. And that helped me confirm that teaching was what I truly wanted. And how long have you been teaching? I've been teaching for 35 years now. And in that time, I've served over 20 years in the classroom and over 10 years in leadership and administration. Oh, that's a fabulous story, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it's been long and it's been worth it. it. It's what I was born for, so um, it's something that I've stuck at and that I've really loved. Can you tell me a bit about the various roles you've had over the years? 
I've had the privilege of working in different regions across Queensland and in its different levels of education. So from being a kindergarten supervisor, classroom teacher, Peter 10 that is, uh, coordinator of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Education Program at James Cook Uni, lecturer in education, principal, curriculum developer, and I ensure that, you know, Indigenous perspectives are embedded. A reading recovery tutor, literacy and numeracy coach. So there's all these different hats across different jurisdictions, whether it's Catholic, um, state ed, private. So I've had a, a varied career. Everything along the way has helped me. So currently I work as a principal in the Torres Strait with Tagai State College and I supervise five campuses and I lead in the professional growth of teaching principals and their staff. And what do you love about your job? I love the kids. I love the children and working with the staff to make a difference. I love the privilege of travelling around the Torres Straits here and um, it's so exciting because you have the opportunity to travel in a charter so the planes get really smaller. That can be scary at times but that's okay. Um, used to it now and helicopters and then you're flying over you see dugongs in the ocean it's beautiful so that's the privilege of being up here in the Torres Straits and seeing all these beautiful scenery meeting uh, community members and working on the ground at these most remotest schools of education Queensland and working with the staff to ensure that student goals are being met at the same standard as any other school and that's what I love. That sounds like a great job. It is. It's making a difference and that's my whole um, driving force is to always make a difference. And 2020 has been an extraordinary year. How have the events of this year impacted on you as a teacher and your teaching practice? 2020 has taught me teachers are the most resilient people. We are driven by ensuring this continuity of learning and this has happened in very creative ways. And personally, my ICT skills have developed so much and I've been able to connect remotely via Skype, Zoom, online learning. Also, it revealed a more closer relationship with parents because on our little islands, staff walked or drove around to deliver these lessons, meet and talk one-on-one with parents and carers. Having that teacher going to homes is something that I think is really important and kids love that connection between the teachers and their parents and their homes and it put a big smile on their face. It showed to me that education was very important to these Indigenous communities. We had parents, for example, and carers who had their children dressed for school. Even though they were staying home and doing their lessons, they had their primary and secondary children dressed in uniform, sitting out on the veranda, doing their home learning packs. That was inspiring. It was so good. And parents discovered, I found, a true appreciation of the teachers and principals at their schools. What have you learnt this year about teaching and what changes have you put in place that you would take into the future? I've learnt that I still love teaching after 35 years and my learning continues. The changes have been in attitude to delivering education, so that's something that I'll take 
forward in the future. COVID has showed that the concept of the traditional classroom learning has changed and can be changed. For more information, visit qed.qld.gov.au. Do you have any memorable moments in your career that you'd like to share with us that have impacted on the teacher you are today? There are many memorable moments that I have, but the two that stand out is uh, one, I had a historical achievement where I was the first Indigenous teacher at Rasmussen State School back in the 80s, early 80s, and that was a great experience. It opened my eyes to a lot of things. The other memorable moment is I was on a remote Indigenous Aboriginal community in the Cape and I was in the library one day and a young year nine Indigenous boy came up to me. He said, he just took a book off the shelf and he said, Miss, can you read this book? And I said, yeah, yeah, I can read that book. And then he took a couple more off and he kept asking me, can you read this one? What about this one? You know, and looking at thick books and thin books and whatever. And I kept saying, yeah, I do. I can read that. But I only read books I'm interested in. You don't have to read every book in the library. And then um, he put all the books back and he turned to me and he said, Miss, I can't read. And I said to him, you know, my boy, uh, that's not your fault. That doesn't make you any less. And I said to him, you know, nobody is born to read and that you have to be taught the secrets of reading. And I asked him, do you want to learn how to read? And he said, yeah. And I said, okay, do you really want to learn how to read? Here's a plan. Uh, When I have my non-contact, I'll arrange with your high school teachers um, that you can come over and work with me during that time. And then after three weeks, this little guy's um, testing results went from zero to level seven. He worked hard. I, I turned up early. I talked to his nan or even in the afternoons when I stayed late. His granny um, agreed to things like that too. Then his level grew and grew and grew. And by the time I left the school, he was sitting comfortably on probably a level, you know, 18 or 19. During that time, he also brought other boys to me and said, oh, can you teach my friend? Oh, can you teach? Because he can't read either, miss. And can you teach my brother? Because he can't read either. Out of all that experience, I think that little memorable part out of that so that I knew what my impact was on him was not only those scores, he was suspended for unacceptable behaviour. The boy tried to plead to the principal that, no, you can't suspend me because I have to work with Miss and I can learn how to read, which was, um, to me, a quality assurance that I had engaged him in this exercise that he you know, over the previous 10 years, uh, he hadn't learned how to read. And in that short time, he was engaged enough to learn to read. So he was very proud of himself. And that's what stood out to me. That's a beautiful yeah. story. Yeah, it impacts on, on me, you know. So the impact of these memorable moments reinforced that uh, respectful relationships are important, whether it's staff in your first school, students, parents. I strive to break all the stereotypes and the low expectations that might exist out there. And what was it like being the first Indigenous teacher at that school? 
that was interesting. At that time, even having Indigenous students at Teachers College, because we had gone through Teachers College, was a, a very new concept. And it was the first time that students and even lecturers had the opportunity of having Indigenous students in their classes. It wasn't something that was common. So by the time you graduated and you went out there, the world still was pretty much the same that these folks who were teachers did not really know how to interact with diverse groups and especially Indigenous peoples, where I found in that school. So you had to face a lot of those thinking. My actions, my words was all about educating, trying to break stereotypes and doing the best job that I could possibly do with the class in front of me. It was tough. It was really tough on all of the graduating Indigenous teachers at that time. In the 80s, we definitely felt different. And I think um, the department has grown so much now that you're not seen as something different in these work environments. So you're a trailblazer. Yeah, and that stands out to me as an achievement because I not only was the first Indigenous teacher at that school, but I was the first in my family to reach achievements, you know, year 12 or going through university and doing all of those types of things that wasn't in the family to have those role models. And I bet your father was extremely proud of you when you graduated as a teacher. Well, the sad thing was that my dad had passed away just before I was accepted into university. Well, he didn't know or get to know that I had reached my dream of becoming a teacher or the beginnings of becoming a teacher. But I tell you what, with him passing just before university, my head was down. Uh, that's all I kept my eye on was that goal and it was to make him proud by the end of uh, graduating. I'm proud that I completed it successfully and have done really well in my career and everything that I do, I always make sure that I keep his name going and, um, yeah, it's important to me. How do you want to inspire your students in your role as a teacher? To be able to inspire them, I want to know them and I want to know their starting points, um, know their cultural background, know their parents and empower them to love themselves, their culture, their language, their family and their learning. And especially out on these Torres Strait Island islands, I want them to be proud that they're learning on their country in the Cape those kids there, and even those kids in Cairns who are Yidinji kids, they're on country learning and be proud of who they are, you know, and carry that forward in um, all their learning. What do you think are some of the most valuable qualities of a teacher? I think there's only one. The most valuable quality is love, to love, and everything must be driven and manifested in your roles uh, as a responsibility as a teacher and in your role. So love means teaching and learning, being prepared for the day, 
arriving on time, professionalism, you know, having high expectations for kids. That all, I think, stems from love. What are your aspirations for your career? Although I think you may have reached many of them already. (laughs) Uh, My aspirations is to keep on making a difference in children's education. That's, That's my aspiration. How will you be celebrating World Teachers' Day this year? Toasting all the teachers in our school and around the world for all their dedication and hard work that they do every day and every night. That's what I'll be doing. Thanks for your time today, Vanessa. I really appreciate it. No, thank you, Virginia. Um, It's been great having a talk with you over this podcast. So thank you very much. You have been listening to a Queensland Department of Education podcast.